welcome to Are You There, Love? It's us, Danny and Izzy. I'm Danny. I'm Izzy. I would be happier, but this is like the second time we're recording this. <laughs> so I'm like on my pep and like excitement for um, the new season. The new recording has been killed by Zencaster. Yeah, we're on Zoom now. We moved. Uh, our first episode back, we were having some technical difficulties of no fault of our own. Zencaster was being weird. So Zencaster reach out to us and apologize because we're salty <laughs> uh but yeah so we're basically going through a deja vu moment right now um but we are back and better than ever for real this time for season- yeah for reals we are on season two of our podcast which is honestly surreal i don't really remember how to do this so i'm gonna be honest i completely like blacked out like the like the last half of our season um so yeah I don't know I'm a little rusty talking also to like I mean example a right here like how do I talk you know yeah also like you know not to be a downer but like COVID is still out here don't know how to socialize then during the week as working gals as we detailed last season during the week it's tiring out there, you know, real life fatigue, Zoom fatigue, but it's nice to come back to our little comfort zone, um, doing some cross-country Zooming to chat about books and still being single AF. Yeah, that's kind of what we're known for. It's a brand, and you know what? I'm happy about it, and our it could 200 think followers are too. Yeah, it could, it be, could be worse. worse. You know, we could be like unvaccinated. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, literally, literally. It was nice. I was telling Izzy, I went to my first like real, I mean, I went to a concert at the Hollywood Bowl the other week, which was cool, but it was John Williams, like the movie score, like composer. Um, So it wasn't like a real concert concert. And I had gone to a drive-in concert last summer. It's a concert. A con- anything with live music with people playing instruments is a concert. As someone who played the flute, that's a concert. Yeah, but like, you know, it's just different vibes. It's so not your a- modern teenage sex-driven, music-driven profanity. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this was at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. It was a vibe and everyone had to be either vaccinated or get a negative test. It was within 72 hours. I'm like, you could get Rona within that 72 hours, but whatever. I stayed away from people and jammed away. So it was fun. Um, but yeah, we're we're still out here. We're single. I'm on Bumble and Hinge. Izzy, Izzy deleted them. Yeah. She's not conquering the the world with me in that way at this moment. Not that there isn't room for both of us, but she just deserves a chance to shine. And I had my two dates that ghosted me earlier in the summer. Um, so I'm good. I'm good. You can take all the all the energy. Ugh, well, I still haven't gone on a date with anyone. And also, like, LA boys, for the most part, it looks like on apps, they either look very, very fake or... I'm not here for that. So I'm not here for the, the LA boy vibes. Yeah. But we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Uh and maybe I'll get my own little fairy tale ending. Switch from there. Yes, our plug for this episode, kind of this season. So going forward, as Izzy and I have described, uh, we got big girl full-time career gal jobs. So with that, we cannot. It was not sustainable to be doing these episodes the way we were. We kind of got a taste of that last season. Uh, And we still want to enjoy this process. So going forward, right now we're in September and we're kind of stacking recordings to be able to come out with new episodes every Monday for October. And we're doing like a spooky fairy tale, like, you know, magical vibe for Halloween. Then going forward, our plan is to do like one month of stack recordings, like use that month to plan for y'all, edit, record, all that jazz. And then the following month, we'll release an episode every week. So right now, like these are going to come out in October. You'll have one every week in October. And then November, for the most part, we'll be using to record and plan and edit. And then we'll come back 
in December with new episodes for whatever we pick that theme to be. I'm not telling you now because I'm not that generous. And we also haven't talked about it yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> to kick off this like intro, not intro episode, but like first episode of the season, as Danielle mentioned, we're talking about fairy tales, our favorite fairy tale retellings, and going to sprinkle in tidbits of history potentially. And of course, if you have anything interesting about fairy tales, you want to share your own fairy tales retelling, tell us in the comments, um, hit us up on Instagram or email us. And obviously we're going to reiterate all of our socials at the end as we normally do. But to kick this uh, episode off, Danielle, what are your favorite fairy tales? Yeah. So in prep for this episode, uh, I was talking to Izzy and I actually didn't, I feel like many people didn't grow up reading the actual like hard book fairy tale for no, a variety of reasons. Cinderella's sisters, stepsisters, uh, they literally cut off their feet to like make themselves fit into the sandals. Rapunzel's true love gets his eyes like gouged out by thorns and you know Snow White's mother dies because she wears like red she has to dance in like red hot shoes. Yeah so here we are yeah, the, <laughs> the little mermaid trigger warning like kills herself. They were not happy times. So I'm going to go off the Disney ones because I freaking love Disney. I'm sitting here wearing a Hercules t-shirt right now. Um, And so Snow White growing up was like my favorite because I had short hair. She had short hair and I thought I looked like her. The only thing we have in common though is that we're white people. Um, And then when Tangled came out, I love Tangled. Songs are bops. We love Mandy Moore. I met Zachary Levi. He's a sweetie pie. Then Enchanted, because I just think it's so witty that it makes fun of all the fairy tales and the songs are bops. And I love Amy Adams because she's also such a cutie. And uh, I own that movie on DVD, kind of want to watch <laughs> it later. But um, Izzy, what's your favorite fairy tales? Fairy tale stories that we're talking about. Like the, there's like the Disney adaptations and there's like other adaptations as well. But like, I mean, what we know as like, and Ender and millennials, Gen Zers, I guess, in this modern era is like only in like adaptations of fairy tales. So the correct term, I guess, is Disney adaptations. Um, mm -hmm. Wow, that sounds so nerdy. Um, but yeah, Disney adaptations. I was a big Sleeping Beauty fan. I also had that on DVD, which is surprising because it's like, you know, there's a lot of issues with consent in Sleeping Beauty. But um, I don't know, I just really liked it. Um, the animation also, in that movie is like stunning yeah um the the other one that I watched a lot according to my cousin who used to like babysit me all the time I always loved Peter Pan mm -hmm. um Peter Pan's good and like in the more recent 21st century um I don't know if these movies are gonna be considered fairy tales because they're Disney movies I guess there's like a distinction between like fairy tales and like mythology and like folklore, but I mean, Coco, a lot of like, um, so good. a lot of so good. Mexican folklore and like mythology, cultural practices in that movie. Um, I really enjoy um, also because as I tell everyone, I literally have on my phone saved. It's like one of those images like you pop up immediately on your phone to like show people. You know, I think everyone has like those couple of images that they always show people. But when I talk about Coco and my love for Coco, um, even though, um, I mean, I'm not Mexican or Mexican-American, I can't really relate to that culture, but just like the, there's like certain like themes of latin culture that like very just are similar um mm -hmm. in the terms like of some family that grandmother was an exact it's like an exact animation replica of my mamita um and i like show everyone that image so like yeah modern like 21st century coco is probably by far my favorite um mm -hmm. and then like you know going like when talking about like adaptations for uh like grimm's brother tales like um Sleeping Beauties, Peter Pan, really like those. Mulan, oh, and oh, Mulan. Mulan's yeah. good. I always have to emphasize Mulan too because, uh, in my I went obviously I went to an all girls high school. If those for those who don't remember, but the I'll make a man out of you. We had this like 
it's kind of like a bonfire it was called little meeting where everyone puts on skits and everything and one like there's a tradition where like there's certain skits that you do over and over again throughout the years and like different people get like tapped to be in them and one was always like a dance to the I'll make a man out of you I don't know um as like a female empowerment ballad that it is love it Mulan is so good also Coco is like a comfort movie to me at this point animation's also stunning in that one mm-hmm. comfort Disney movies that got added to the rotation that I've more recently either they're newer or like I recently discovered them on my own was like Coco and then I went to New Orleans for the first time in 2019 oh. so I watched Princess and the Frog for the first time oh, so good I regret that I slept on it for so long the music is a bop it's it's just not like typical because people aren't used to that type of like New Orleans jazz music and like yeah oh my god it was so good the story was so good in the original like fairy tale she throws the frog and it dies and i can just imagine like the frog guts like splattering all over yeah the i mean she tried to smash him with the book in the movie and oh, just so good and then like the time period there and also animation again like new orleans in like the 1920s like 30s like it was oh. the almost there sequence i could literally gush about tiana for a hundred million years yeah I think with like a lot of those fairy tales like so when I was doing a little bit of research like all these fairy tales are like have similar themes and like I guess more like not like themes like characteristics um in the sense where like I thought it was interesting that like kind of to be classified as a fairy tale it has to be retold or like there has to be like recognizable story plot lines mm-hmm. and I think that is interesting um and also like this um it has to be like a very like fam- familiar story recognizable um and they're in some of the in one of the articles I, re- um, I read they said they were like happy endings were part of the fairy tales but I feel like that was like kind of a little like up for interpretation because I'm like not all fairy tales have happy endings brothers groom did not listen to that requirement so yeah and then there's like the whole subset category of like the the brothers grim which is like the, I think when people think of like the origins of fairy tales they go to like the brothers grim stories which were like the I think the pinnacle work of fairy tales these stories by their two German brothers my Germans like not great so I might be pronouncing these names terribly it was oh well Jacob is fine but Wilhelm Mm. I think it's Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm Mm. um and they started I actually did a little research on them so they started off as, as scholars um and like worked in the literary field and when they first published the Brothers Grimm, and there was actually seven editions, and it was the seventh edition that was like the one that's popular now. So they went to like seven iterations of like the their fairy tale stories, um, but they like were big in the literary field, and like they had like other works that got popular to establish themselves as writers, and then people started paying attention to the fairy tales um, they were writing, but they didn't want them to start off fairy tales. They one um, weren't written for children. And it, I thought this was interesting because it's kind of like the first evidence of like historical, like parental advisories that I like saw. Um, so apparently they like wrote in the beginning of like the the book of the stories that like it was a cautionary advice to parents. And it's kind of like, oh, parental advisory, <laughs> the first like version of a parental advisory. Please correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. Yeah. And like once these stories got popular, it's more like a, uh, it was like a they're called like warning tales more like telling children like how to act especially with like Hansel and Gretel and like Little Red Riding Hood they those were like the, the most two like warning tales oh yeah with like a little like moral behind it like don't yeah to strangers <laughs> yeah like don't go wandering in the woods alone like listen to your parents so just a little tidbit of facts oh my gosh you want to know that just reminded me of another fairy tale retelling that I feel like went around Twitter, like if it goes around Twitter every once in a while for people being like, what the heck was this movie? Do you remember Hoodwinked? I freaking love Hoodwinked. It was honestly, so good. It, was it like 
so good it's like a cult classic i feel yeah the animation though going back because when it came out like is so subpar but it was so good and hathaway was little red oh yeah I that remember good. watching that in middle school. The DVD. I bought it from Blockbuster. Wow, I'm literally aging myself by 500 years right now. Glenn Close. Oh, yeah, she was like the grandma. Yeah. You're such good memories with actors and other people I don't want. Okay. But yeah, Hoodwink was like a freaking... Hoodwink and like Shrek are my two like... I mean, Danielle has a thing for Shrek. But like Hoodwink <laughs> and Shrek, I feel <laughs> like... Still the, my brand. <laughs> we're like the best um, like kind of multiple fairy tale retelling like adaptation and media it's very interesting because like i enchanted's like one of my favorite movies and then shrek is obviously one of my favorite movies shrek isn't like brandis a fairy tale no but they're both like movies that make fun of like fairy tale tropes and i find it very (laughs) interesting that me being this hopeless romantic like cornball person my favorite movies end up being ones that totally like crap on them yeah, well, that's your cynical side. Oh my, yeah, my cynical side. That's why me and Izzy vibe. Yeah. Um, and I was telling Izzy earlier, um, you know, because this is our third time kind of redoing this episode. Oh, well. <laughs> um, trials and tribulations of being a podcaster. Um, that, so for with Tangled, for example, I feel like over the years and like fairy tales nowadays get branded not that they should be gendered or branded to any specific audience because I feel mm-hmm. like it's something for everyone in them I have something to say on that they're kind of like girly so when the movie Tangled came out they called it Tangled and not Rapunzel and the way they marketed it they didn't want it to be just like a princess movie because they wanted boys to watch it and that was I, I believe their first Disney princess movie that was in that new 3D animation style as well mm-hmm. so they were kind of taking a lot of risks Tangled also ended up being and still is one of the most expensive movies like ever made because the animation used to make Rapunzel's hair took like 10 years to make like it yeah. was so hard um, but anyway they didn't call it Rapunzel or anything because they wanted little boys to be able to quote be able to watch it boys can watch whatever they want but mm-hmm. like the term fairy tale I feel like within modern cultures like automatically associated with like oh that's for like girls yeah I was doing some reading on articles like with of fairy tales and like feminism and with all these fairy tale stories you always see that there's conflict between women in the stories typically like a mother or a stepmother and a daughter like fraught female relationships the and the woman always needs to get saved by the man and everything and like the father is like essentially absent from like most of these stories why is there so much hate with like these women relationships this kind of goes into like our next topic um of like book our favorite book retellings of fairy tales but as Danielle I don't know if she mentioned this version of the podcast or the other two episodes that we um, tried to record but Julie Murphy came out with a Cinderella slash Bachelor like romance chiclet book. And it's a Cinderella retelling at heart. And but um, what I loved so much about this version is that the main character, Cindy, doesn't have like a fraught, like hated relationship with her step family. Like she's very close with her stepsisters and she does have like some tension with her stepmom, but it's like not inherently negative. It's just the awkwardness of her being the stepmom and then her dad dying. And that's what I want to see in my future fairy tale retellings. I don't want to see this like, antagonistic female relationship I agree I was waiting for the other shoe to drop ha 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 (laughs) because the book is called if the shoe fits yeah Um, (laughs) I was like waiting because in Cinderella obviously the stepsisters like don't like her and the mom like stepmom doesn't like her yeah but this was like very pure and if anything like the relationship between the sisters grew because in the beginning of the book Cindy our um, protagonist like says her and her sisters were like close but sometimes like they weren't like the best of friends and I they grew to become even closer through this experience on the mm-hmm. bachelor spinoff called Before Midnight so oh, that was awesome that whole book Ah, it was, it's a, it, it was it's a recent release and there's going to be more and it's um body positive you know female 
strong female friendships, you know. And as someone who loves Cinderella and who also loves The Bachelor, ugh, it was like perfect, perfect. And um, when I we covered like Dumplin' and Pumpkin, I always complained that there wasn't enough depth to the relationship buildup in those books but this proves that julie murphy can write good relationships i'm just maybe she just should stick to like chiclet books not and not that i want to box a woman in she can do whatever she wants but i just feel like this is her strongest book so far yeah i definitely felt the most developed romantic relationship here Mm -hmm. but then again it's very interesting because this whole bachelor platform foundation inherently makes it you would think it would make it harder because the bachelor suitor character, his name's Henry in this story. You would think since he has to split his time amongst all these women and like his time with Cindy is limited, that would make it even harder for her to develop, to develop like an investment foundation for the reader. But I was here for it. I mean, I'm, I always end up being here for it, but I was here for this. Yeah. I know. It was such a good retelling and I'm a sucker for a good, fairy tale retelling as someone who reads like I don't say reads strictly fantasy but like predominantly fantasy there's so many I when I was even writing a list there's so many fairy tale retellings that I've enjoyed or I've read recently that I can remember um like okay I'm gonna try to list some of them and also like yeah. this is good book recs for you listeners and me I- I was yeah. gonna say, Izzy, take my time because I don't know. This might be the only fairy tale retelling I've actually read. I don't think I'm because I end up in like chiclet contemporary, like fiction, mm-hmm. historical fiction a lot. That's like my go to. So I don't think I really have any. You books read Geekerella. You have I got Geekerella and I didn't get to it. So I had to return it to my library, but it's well, on my list. Yeah. Geeker, so that is by an author named Ashley Poston. Poston. Um, so there's three books, Geekerella, um, A Princess and a Fangirl, and some, the other one, who I, the last one I haven't read, but they're all like sci-fi, like fandom retellings of like um, fairy tales. So the first one, Geekerella, obviously Cinderella. The other one, The Princess and the Fangirl is a, retelling of princess and the pea and then the other one i think is beauty and the beast but i forget the title um but they're also those are good ya retellings and they're the awful like fandom and like i think it's kind of like a mock star trek like fandom that it relates to very good highly recommend those retellings um for beauty and the beast retellings there is my one of my favorite series a court of thorns and roses by sarah j mass that started off as both beauty and the beast retelling and then there's another series that i i liked the first book and i tried i looked into the reading the second book but it just sounded so far-fetched i didn't want to continue it with it but there's another book called a curse so dark and lonely i think the author is bridget kemper um hold on let me look up this author's name i don't know why i can't remember um um bridget kemir and this i like this beauty and the beast retelling because it has more um uh, disability awareness uh, in it the main character has cerebral palsy and that was like interesting it's kind of like a beauty beast alternate dimension story so this is where I differ if it's just classical like we talk about the classics stories like Romeo and Juliet and do you consider those fairy tales or no well I'm gonna literally look up like what is the literal definition of fairy tale definition um there's actually one little red riding hood going back to well danielle looks that up there's one little red riding hood um story that i'm reading right now it's called for the wolf it just came out it's pretty good so far um and then there's two mulan retellings that i highly recommend um one called spin the dawn which is in goodreads and like instagram i always see it as like um, the main character who's like the a seamstress uh they're like oh our little like favorite Coco de Chanel uh 
character um which is very endearing um spin the dong by elizabeth lim very good and then one that i'm also currently reading right now is she who became the sun and that's very historical and very inclusive in terms of like gender identity and like actually exploring this like retelling of like you know basically like a gender queer journey love it i feel like i've seen that one on like bookstagram or something yeah it, um, it just came out it's very popular highly recommend because i love like i mean i love mulan like as i said but this one really goes into like the gender identity of the retelling characters journey mm. um, what does it what does google say google tells me a fairy tale is there's like a few definitions a children's story about magical and imaginary beings and lands Mm-hmm. something resembling a fairy tale and being magical idealized or extremely happy a fabricated story especially one intended to deceive interesting so i feel like shakespeare things don't really fall under any of those in my opinion but I- i'm totally under the fact that it fits with the made to deceive because i totally believe that like the conspiracy not cons- i don't say the conspiracy theory I'd- or just a theory um but like all the Shakespeare stories were written by women like 100 percent like yeah. um, honestly there's no way this man wrote all of those no he just took the credit like all men do wouldn't be surprised I want more research done so Danielle if you were going to do your own fairy tale retelling like what would it look like like what would you want to include from things you've read or um have seen and what things would you like, want to change well, I don't need a man to save me. Um, Love it. 110%. Um, honestly, I feel like <laughs> I'm going to... Hmm. Well, I love Enchanted. I love that it makes fun of everything. So I feel like it would do some narrative like that. And then she ends up... Amy Adams, Giselle, saves Patrick Dempsey's character in the end. Um, from like Susan Sarandon's Narissa character anyway so I feel like if I'm gonna end up with a guy I'd want to be the one doing the saving and then he's forever in debt to me you're <laughs> amazing and I'll be like yeah I know that already I don't need you to tell me <laughs> oh and I do I do want a pretty a pretty ball gown dress though and I do want to go to a party um but not like a boring little like pinkies up party like I want there to be I'm going to eat like I'm not going to be the girl that sits in the corner and eats like a leaf of lettuce like no (laughs) this is going to be like a good party there's going to be like I feel okay I didn't finish Bridgerton but I got like most of the way through and I'll take some like classical instrumental covers of pop songs (laughs) like that'd be fun um yeah and then hmm but also for some reason the seven dwarfs is not the proper terminology to use that is a bad term to use but you know what i'll have seven men around who will be my beck and call and clean my house for me because i think that'd be fun um but i won't get involved with any of them we'll just all be friends you know i'll live with seven nice house male mates that'll be (laughs) nice to me because we need more nice male platonic friends that don't get involved with their other like friends in any romantic way we're here for strong friendships um and hmm, what else i want to be able to sing like (laughs) songs and i feel like as i'm wearing my hercules shirt i should sing some song kind of like i won't say i'm in love meg style and but then i do end up falling in love with a very nice smart man who is kind like what's the conflict that you like want to resolve you know what's the what's the conflict what's the climax how do you save the day how do you save the prince I don't know because I'm just about enchanted and that was like another evil stepmom thing which I don't want I don't want there to be someone trying to kill me or him or hmm. that's not fun everything's fun with a little death <sighs> I don't adventure. know I feel like slaying a dragon that's fun could slay a dragon danielle i could slay a dragon you want to maybe i should sprinkle some shrek in there and it'll be like dragon like you know 
I saw someone like, from the donkey and creates like a whole new species yeah, of like the, donkey dragons. Yeah, they're donkey, like, because that was a whole, I don't want to say misunderstanding, but you know, dragon was kind of hired out to guard Fiona in the castle and then they become friends in the end. So maybe something wholesome like that, where the intentions have shifted once they actually get to know each other. Mm-hmm. So maybe like, hmm, maybe something like I'm supposed to be queen of like a royal kingdom and that's my only thing but I don't want that because I want my own career in life and I could do like this whole royal thing as a side gig and then my like royal family is all up in arms be like no you have to do this and then I'm like in my own little tower and they're like you can't go to school and get education so we're putting you in a tower (laughs) and then I run away and then I meet this man at when I run away to school and take over like a fake pseudo identity and then I'm hiding my real identity the whole time love it and then it eventually like comes out and the conflict is like he's torn because he's like in love with me but our relationship was like a foundation of a lie and he doesn't trust me or not um and then like something like a dragon or my family like gets wind of where I am and what I'm doing and that I like your parents send the dragon to come bring you back home yeah and I'm like no and then I slay the dragon and then they they get hold of my lover and they're like we're holding him ransom until you come home and I'm like no and then I slay the dragon and they see like my passionate love for him and they see all I learned at school because I was capable of like living on my own and like slaying this dragon (laughs) and like whatever and they're like you know you can do both that's my story no one take it copyright Danielle Wasserman (laughs) you heard it here first (laughs) if it's ever published into some sort of media you heard it here first I love that thank you I you know that was really on the fly and I feel like it fleshed out nicely but you, you you were going so I just had to let you like I mean I would watch that you gave me like good prompting questions so basically mm-hmm. me and you should just be co-writers together we should write something oh yeah I mean you could do the storyline I'll do like all the fantasy back work like the story setting you know all that magic-y stuff and mm-hmm. yeah Sounds good. Yeah. What would your story be? I want to hear Ooh. Izzy's world. Oh, it's going to be a wonderful, inclusive. Um, I always thought it was interesting because, I mean, we, we said that classics like like classic literature and fairy tales are different, but then fairy tales and mythology are just so similar. But I feel like now there's like the fairy tales and mythology, like there's so many mythology retellings. But like mythologies can be considered fairy tales, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what I always want to do, because more, I'm sick of this like old recycled mythology stories. And I like the little like cross-pollination of like fairy tale tropes and like mythology tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, I always am like a sucker for like, ugh, like a dark haired, like male protagonist, or dark mm-hmm. eyes, a little simp boy, like, Give me that joy and Havillard. Uh, give me that um, Asriel from Akotar. You know, give me that Lorcan from Throne of Glass. Like, I want that dark-haired, that dark-haired bow. Um, even like, I mean, in talking about Enchanted, like James Marsden. What a babe! What a man! Um, like a Eugene from Tangled was. I like the dark-haired. Um, I don't think quirky but like secretly nerdy simpy boy mm-hmm. um, I feel that like a small boy not like literally small but like small like, boy I mean a small and a small boy you know yeah like, I'm not gonna discriminate against like your body type or whatever you know just give me that simpy boy um mm-hmm. it's gonna be like a major inclusive gotta amp up those people of color you know you know mm-hmm. as a person of color myself I'm gotta you know amp up that representation and feel that vibe um what okay I I I think I don't know if I mentioned this but I went to go to an author panel one time and it was all about like inclusivity and like YA fantasy and one author Alex London his series is a black wing beating three books about and the mythology surrounding like aviation and like falconry um 
and like mythology uh, like of people and cultures of people who like studied like falconry and like incorporate that in their culture very interesting and it's also very um Alex he is a queer man and he writes uh, like a wonderful like queer story in there um highly recommend um well at this panel Alex London and I will always remember this is my favorite quote like, I still talk about it to this day because I think it's so relevant like story tropes won't be like old or overused until everybody can see themselves represented in them and mm-hmm. I think that's so true for fairy tales because it's like look at the past of like I mean when we talk about Disney adaptations look at like how much representation there is there's like very limited people of color there's yeah. there's like no queer fairy tale retelling from Disney no. Um, the only I, one that came like closest is everyone's no. like Mulan's like closeted like qu- but also people think that's a little queer like queer baby well, I mean I think you can I mean also with that with the book that I mentioned before she who became the son that goes through like a Mulan gender retelling and like really focuses on like a gender identity and like gender fluidity uh, I was gonna say like Frozen and Elsa everyone's like oh Elsa's gay mm-hmm. but if I've this is why in, in Beauty and the Beast, the Emma Watson adaptation, they had that like one scene between like a man and a man dancing. And they're like, that's yeah. queer. And I'm like, a man and a man dancing. I think that's an important signal to people to be like, that's okay. It's like yeah. out of the norm. But Disney's such stupid homophobes that it's like you can't have two men, two women, two people of non-binary genders and identities kiss like if you're gonna be like oh it's so subtle like it was there though and everyone makes a big deal about it because it's like a crumb because we've got nothing in terms of like queer stuff from Disney and so freaking long um like just make it overt say out loud and out proud you know it's like what the hell homophobic Disney rant like they're trash um and in terms of like diversity and inclusion like they're trash as well and they're getting bad and I'm like they're getting better but mm, mm. you know so like any sort of fairy tale i retelling has to be inclusive and i want people to more like i want people to read any retelling i would want to write and like see themselves represented in some aspect as like a main character and like that can even mean like culture background how people look and everything and i'm always a sucker for like a multi POV story, especially yeah. like that flips back and forth from like the main love interests. So, um, those were like the I guess things that I want to like actively like be thoughtful in including in terms of storyline. I always love like the like a dragon rider type of like situation. Um, that's always been like fun. Um, from fun stories for me to read like Aragon was um, by Christian Poloni that was always that's a good series I love witches like anything mystical and magical is really fun I think I don't know I mean you had more of an elegant storyline and mine are just like these are things that I want to include you prompted me with some good lines and also like but your background is good and you gave our listeners you gave those fandom shout outs and I feel like they can get a good vibe for where you're going with your story the thing is like I always like so when we talk about retellings and like reimagining things I think there's like fine line between like what is retelling and like reimagining versus like what is cultural appropriation Mm -hmm. and so like I'm always worried that like when I write fantasy like I don't want to culturally appropriate something um, one of the mythologies I've always been interested in learning more about is like my Incan, um, like Anse- and Quechuan, like ancestry and culture. And there, there's three talisman of it's the the condor, the puma, and the snake. Um, the condor being like a manifestation of heaven, the puma being like the manifestation of earth, and then the snake being like a manifestation of like the underground or like the underworld and I think it would be so awesome and that's also a tattoo that I've always wanted side note um that's always like a mythology like fairy tale well I don't know if they would I mean fairy tale I guess um 
thing I would love to try to incorporate in any story that I write but also Mm -hmm. like I think yeah there's like a fine line between like we know what is a retelling and what is like cultural appropriation yeah I mean I not that I always have that fear but like I low-key always have that fear and even just like being like a white heterosexual human being I never want to take up space in a space that I am not a part of but still want to with my privilege give the acknowledgement and the support you know so it's such a fine line in doing your research and all that yeah it's like also like doing your research and just like respecting where things came from Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's interesting and but I mean I feel like people don't really recognize this because I don't know if I'm playing a little bit of like devil's advocate or just an opposing view it's like any culture can be appropriated in some way it's just that white and like European culture is never appropriated because they are the dominant appropriators yeah they're like quote like yeah they're the appropriators and like the standards so whatever they do like no one questions you know yeah it's not they've have so much they've had so much power for so long that they have been able to establish their culture as the dominant one yeah and like and then when they question something for some reason I mean this has nothing to do with like a cultural appropriation but like a bunch of people questioning like the vaccine like to I don't know to have like a lot of people like have the privilege to question it Mm -hmm. and then not get it and I'm like I think COVID's so relatable though (laughs) yeah like I like that's not obviously the same thing as cultural appropriation but I think a lot of it like every when everything always bleeds back into like privilege and like Mm -hmm. this power I don't yeah, I don't want to take this back into like obviously COVID rants because we're talking about fairy tales, <laughs> but also like, so I was talking to one of my like good friends from home, like one of my best friends from home the other day. And so, like, we're vaccinated, we've been vaccinated, like, we want to be good people in society, like, we have people like surrounding us, we don't want to get sick, you know, so and we trust the vaccine, we got the vaccine, right? And so, this kid in her like friend group. I'm sure it's fine if I tell the story. I'm not dropping names, but this kid in her friend group that she ended up seeing like was very adamant and about not getting the vaccine for a long time. And so then she like saw him like made like COVID safe plans to see some of her friends and this kid did end up getting vaccinated. So all of like their little group they were with was like, oh, like, why'd you decide to get vaccinated? And this kid was like, well, everywhere in the city wasn't letting you in to places anymore unless you were vaccinated so that's why I got it and I'm like oh so you didn't care about all the people getting sick or the other people in your lives who might be immunocompromised or you know doing good by society for everyone else you only decided to end up getting it because you were impacted and couldn't go to your favorite bar to club it up like that's why you got it because they wouldn't let you in like that's so nasty and like like I guess privilege to do that beggars can't be choosers I mean I feel like if you get vaccinated at this point, regardless of your reason, I'm like, okay, at least you're vaccinated. But like, come on, bro. It's such an easy decision to make. And like, this is not to say like, I mean, there are people who literally cannot get vaccinated and that's totally reasonable for like, yeah. I mean, the religious exemption, I question because maybe because my personal views on religion, but like in terms of health, that's on, like people are allergic to the vaccines their bodies yeah. can take it but that's like fine like a legit reason like, like I respect legit. why yeah uh and not to say I feel like not to say I don't respect religion I just have differing views um but like if you're not vaccinated then at minimum you should be social distancing wearing your mask everywhere you know still doing Proper. You just shouldn't be trapped in your house at this point. If you're not vaccinated, like literally don't subject yourself to everyone else and like make it worse on everyone because you're <sighs> Yeah. What if COVID becomes like a fairy tale, like a cautionary tale? Like I could feel like it is a fairy not like a fairy tale, but like it's one of those things that well, I mean fairy tales being considered cautionary tales. It's COVID. Yeah, I mean, maybe when we're like 80, you know, and this is hopefully behind us we could write a little story for our 
possible grandchildren if I decide to have children at all period um and be like hey uh if this happens again don't be stupid like the rest of the people around us but we're gonna keep the 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 unsettling parts to scare children it's not even yeah yeah, it's like not even it's just real it's not getting COVID that's scary it's what happens after COVID it's like the uh, side effects of COVID it's like you know long-lasting unknown impacts of having COVID in your body like Mm-hmm. the lasting like health repercussions and also like we don't even know how this is socially impacting us like none of us know mm-hmm. how to socialize anymore like literally the fact that me and you both started like our first like you know post-grad like 40-hour week career like jobs that we want and like it's some weird like I'm working from home like you have to work in this environment like where we're always afraid of COVID like in person like mm-hmm. take all these precautions like we have never worked a job like post-grad in a really regular capacity fashion you know yeah which is weird yeah yeah I was supposed to go in office for work in mid-October and now it's just indefinitely pushed so I'm probably not going back in person to like 2022 honestly I that's my guess so as a researcher for a medical center I have to not I have to be in person but like it's really hard to do my job out of person I mean out of person remotely and I actually see COVID patients so like I have to go collect one of my studies as I'm in charge of as a researcher is a COVID study so it's like I mean I was very COVID paranoid before and I think I was like one of the people one of the few people in my friend group and like other social circle that was like extra like doomsday alert for it I mean everyone was like conscious in like their own ways but I feel like people think sometimes I have a tendency to like go overboard with like my freaking out and like but now like seeing COVID patients and everything and just like having to deal with that every day like not fun so go get vaccinated so at least you're safe if not for yourself like for like I mean if not for other people for yourself yeah that's the thing like you can I'd rather always be safe than sorry like because we don't again we don't know like what's going to happen long term so if people are even mm-hmm. like you're you're bugging like you're being a lot it's like okay well at least I know I'm safe that's know? what my fairy tale my story is going to be about okay here's we're going to do a fairy tale of <laughs> a version of COVID a COVID retelling a COVID retelling that's going to be inclusive how COVID has impacted disproportionately low income people of color areas um you know um I'm on a quest to receive the magical vaccine for everyone <laughs> um and my conflict is trying to uh get all of these villagers to take this magical vaccine educate the village educate the villagers on this magic called the vaccine um yeah that's what i mean a fairy tale it's gonna be there's gonna be a dragon i'm gonna have my dragon just breathe fire at all the anti-vaxxers um i feel like i just (laughs) i feel like i just have to get you like a dragon like stuffed animal now yeah 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 and then there's gonna be happily ever after where um not only is everyone vaccinated and safe and everyone, the complications of COVID are also um, being worked on in the kingdom. There's a plan in place and that takes into account the social determinants of health that impact the villagers in their recovery from COVID. Mm-hmm. And then can I, can I add another layer to your story? Yeah. So then COVID is not I wouldn't say eradicated because now it's here. It's not really going anywhere. But yes, everybody continues to get their shots for years to come. And the flu shots. And the flu shots. And then we're all allowed to hug and kiss. And, and live happily ever after. Yeah. So then you're going you're gonna to be working as a researcher again, long past COVID. And then you're going to be walking to work one day. And you're going to go to a coffee shop without a mask years down the line. And then you're going to have a little mute cute with some oh, guy. With simp boy. With, a, with your simp boy barista at Starbucks who has these long-term dreams of being, we'll say he could be like a writer or something. We can co-write together when we're married. 
yeah and then you're gonna live happily ever after and be able to kiss all you want because covid's not around anymore Mm -hmm. or at least you're all vaccinated from getting covid so yeah a modern fairy tale Ugh, the dream 10 out of 10 would read that would want that to be my life right now yeah without well I got vaxxed so I wouldn't get fired on by the dragon but yeah oh my god and it's a vaccine to protect against the dragon's fire (laughs) (laughs) and on that note um yeah I don't know where this episode I mean like a fairy tale you never really know where this episode is going to take you but you should have a happily ever after and my happily ever after ending is kind of the beginning because the beginning of the new season recording talking about books again seeing Danielle on a regular basis again that's my happily ever after to be continued journey to be continued journey I love it yeah no this is all happy times do you want to know what would add to this happily ever after bundle this up like a little gift I know what it is if our listeners followed us (laughs) (laughs) yeah follow us on social Danielle hit them with those socials because it's been a while maybe they forgot you know I know and I might be a little rusty with my little sing song my mom always said she would I say things in a sing-songy voice she would say then like when it's a serious note my mom would be like Danielle stop with the sing-songing and I'd be like okay anyway so yeah follow us on socials we've been amping it up so you can follow us on Instagram at Danny and Izzy and TikTok at Danny and Izzy as well or you know email us with your comments suggestions do you know more about fairy tales than we do this episode is very chaotic so maybe you do i don't know <laughs> email us it's our at- third time trying to record this episode for the listeners if we haven't like said that a million times you know we're rusty yeah cut us some slack but you can email us at danny and izzy at gmail.com that's d-a-n-i-a-n-d-i-z-z-i-e yeah follow that across all social platforms we got you we have great content not gonna lie um and if you want to even like see what our beautiful faces look like I mean we're only like in your ears but we could be in your eyeballs too. infiltrate your dreams and your fairy penetrate your body oh the only penetrating either of us are getting is fine Uh, (laughs) oh god anyway okay on that note Hasta la vista. Bye. See you next week.